You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This is Dirt and Sprague. You know how fast you were going? What? How fast you were going? Uh, 65. 63. With Andy Dirt Johnson and Brendan Sprague. You gotta understand that I don't come up with this stuff. I just forward it along. You wouldn't arrest a guy who's just delivering drugs from one guy to another. Dirt and Sprague on 1080. Oh yeah, you can milk anything with nipples. I have nipples, Greg. Could you milk me? The fan. First things first, rest in peace, sucker. All right, welcome back in our number two. Dirt and Sprague here on uh, Portland Sports Leader 1080 The Fan, our last show of the calendar year. We'll have some fill in stuff. Patrick is uh, going to hop in. And so that'll be next week for those around still driving, don't have the week off. But uh, we're going to be out tomorrow and next week. And then we'll be back and rested and. Better than ever in 2023. I think the only days without live shows, if I'm not mistaken, are tomorrow. It'll be ESPN programming. Monday is the holiday because that's the day after Christmas, so nobody's working Monday. And Correct. Then, and then uh, probably Monday the 1st, which will just be bowl games. And, Monday the 2nd. Or Monday the 2nd, that's right. Yeah, that's the we'll holiday. have uh, bowl games for you. So Tuesday through Friday next week. You'll have live shows. It'll be uh, Patrick and Swag. Um, yesterday, late last night, I was on our show Twitter account. I just watched Home Alone 2, and I'm like, oh, this would be a fun little poll question to do just see where people are at we did die hard last night did you yeah felt good i hadn't seen die hard in a couple of years i still have like six or seven movies i need to watch know, you're I running am... out of time man i know you got three days you better get them in well don't worry i'm lazy <laughs> <laughs> don't underestimate my ability to just watch movie 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 <laughs> uh but i get on twitter and i see this tweet and i'm like wait a minute is this real because there was an image going around yesterday and the day before Somebody did a Photoshop of Dan Lanning's <laughs> actual official Oregon photo, but they added a flip-off in it. There's a middle finger, and I it looks real. It's a really well-done Photoshop. I it had to is. ask her, I'm like, is this real? Did he really just flip the camera off as a joke? And, of course, it's not, but it made its way around uh, Twitter yesterday when Oregon's having this big recruiting coup. And I'm on Twitter last night, and I see this tweet, and I had to do like a triple check of like, this is real. Dan Lanning on his actual account tweets out an eight-second video (laughs) of him sitting in front of a fire at what looks like either a ballroom. It's probably the ballroom because they're playing their bowl game. And probably just ate a great steak dinner, had a great recruiting day, and he's playing Ice Cubes Today Was a Good Day while smoking a stogie for eight seconds and it's the coolest video i think a college coach has ever tweeted out very joe burrow-esque very burrow-esque very same vibe same swagger and i thought it just it, it it summed up the day for your program perfectly your coach has all these surprise recruits flip he might still have another one today the david hicks kid out of uh he's a texas a&m commit he hasn't signed he's gonna sign today he's a top 10 player in the country defensive lineman he's signing tomorrow he's signing friday oh yeah i'm sorry I, yeah i kept thinking today it, was it is our friday but it is not actually friday but we're awaiting hicks's uh choice on friday it might be oregon there's rumors it will be because he's not immediately signing to a&m and 
I just there's not a cooler video out there. And I also realized, dirt. I I don't have the ability. I love to smoke a cigar. It's I actually do it like two three times a year. I wish I could do it more, but I'm a wussy. I can't ever look cool smoking a cigar. <laughs> you don't think you could pull that look off, dude? I I'm 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 gonna in the trust tree here. Uh huh. I have smoked. I smoked four cigars this year, and on all four occasions, I've tried to take like a cool photo. I look like an idiot. <laughs> I know how to smoke them, yeah. but I just it. I don't have a good face for it. I don't think mm. you know whatever it is that you need to look good in a smoking a cigar picture or video. I don't have that genetic. Yeah, I think Dan Lanning does. The videos are easier than the pictures with cigars. Cigar pictures are kind of like a cigar in your mouth. You know, it's just it's hard to get the good picture. I think holding it off to the side is probably a better look. As that's, there's like that's, yeah. smoke coming in over your face kind of thing. The video is probably the go-to. Though. I did the video once and, and you don't happen to smoke went in my <laughs> eyes and my eyes are closed. <laughs> and I just, like, it looked awful. It was it was a great end to a, a great day. You know, I, I tweeted yesterday something along, along the lines of, I love signing day. It's fun. It's entertaining. Nobody knows how many of these kids are going to pan out. Hell, in modern college football how many of them are even going to be on your roster in two years it's it's a crazy crazy world we're living in but i love signing day because you get these moments and these memories and some of them over the years like jonathan stewart committing to oregon i'll never forget how big of a deal that was cam colvin signing i remember i was in high school when that happened when cam colvin committed he wasn't like the number one wide receiver in the country that was insane that he signed with oregon the the d'anthony thomas flip i was in college when that one happened and everybody was shocked he was one of the best players in the country he was an la kid the black Mamba, new Snoop Dogg, like when he flipped from USC to Oregon on signing day, it was insane. There's a lot of great memories that I have over the years. Yesterday has to take the cake. I mean, that was probably the best recruiting day in the history of the program. Not even close, And to go from where they were on Monday to then finish the way that they did after losing out on their prize recruiting Dante Moore, uh, it's an incredible testament to this staff, and they have a great shot. I'd, I'd have to go look at the numbers, and people know this stuff far more better than I do. But I'd have to look through. I I I believe they're going to finish with their best recruiting class in the history of the program. Yeah, they they are going to finish with their best recruiting class ever. They have um, five star Mateo Uangalele. There you go. You might have to get used to saying that last name. You got to practice it. Uh, well, I have to say it slowly to get it right. I, just, I think it's Uwe Ungalele. Uwe Ungalele. Yes. Sorry, is that correct, Swag? That is correct. Okay. Uwe Ungalele. Pele. Five star safety Peyton Bowen. <laughs> Who, look, kids are going to be kids. We're still waiting on the paperwork on that one. He hasn't officially turned his paperwork in, so that's kind of weird, but he was a five-star from Notre Dame. His mom was pissed. Did you see the video? That he flipped or that he yeah. did the hat thing? Well, he did the hat. He put on the, which I don't like when any recruit does that. He put on the, the Notre Dame hat first. And everybody thought, okay, that, like, that makes ah, sense. Because he's been committed to Notre Dame for a long time. His mom started clapping. It was all happy. Took the hat off, tossed it down, and put on the Oregon hat. And she, like, put her face in her hands kind of moment. Well, let's. I'm going to hold this kid because he hasn't turned the paperwork in. That's yeah. an odd thing. And sometimes parents can play a part in this. Uh, if he wants to go to Oregon, let him go to Oregon. But Peyton Bowen, five star safety. Yep. Four star quarterback, Austin Novasad, who you flipped from Baylor. Four star cornerback, Dalen Austin, who was an LSU commit. He flips to Oregon. Four star running back, Jaden Lamar. From Notre Dame, so you took two Notre Dame guys away. Still love Rudy. You and you and you might end up getting David Hicks as well, a defensive yep. lineman who's some you know he's like one of the top six players in the class. And with just what you have already, you have a top seven class in college football. It's easily it's the best in the Pac-12. You jumped USC yesterday. 
despite having the same amount of five stars. And then Jurian Dickey played this game where he was teasing like he might not sign with Oregon, mm-hmm. but like at the end of the night he finally was like, all right, I signed my paperwork. And I think everybody's like, dude, thank God. You thank, tweeted yeah. nine times today. And buddy's texting me all day. What's going on here? Is something happening with Dickey? It's like, no, I think everything's going to be all right. He's he's an interesting cat, and he waited for most of the day to sign. And he ended up signing last night. The only programs in the country with more five stars than you right now are Texas. They have four. Alabama has six. Dear God, Alabama. I know. Talk about your great day in Alabama. And you look at that. Like, <laughs> more, yeah, doubled it. And, I mean, they had more. They had 15 or, excuse me, 24-star players and organized 15. So you just those are the guys you consider blue chippers right four or five star recruits they blew you out of the water shows you still how far the how wide the gap is and you know a couple things on this one it's great to see Oregon do this to recruit at this level I do think there were there were not worries concerns I don't think that's the right word but I think questions when Lanning was hired Mario is an elite recruiter and you saw it at Miami immediately Miami has a top four class in the country one of the best they're ahead of Oregon right now um but he was such a good recruiter that you just wondered, like, yeah, Lanning's got those chops, but is it going to be a seamless transition? And when Dante Moore flipped on Monday, there was an immediate panic of, oh, like, here we go. This guy's going for it on fourth down, and he's not getting it. He's losing to his rivals, and he's losing the biggest recruits. There were people legitimately tweeting, fire Dan Lanning, which is the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. But it was a thing. It was a small faction of people on Twitter. To put all any of those concerns to bed, like, there is no fear now that Lanning, year in and year out, with the help of Phil Knight, with the help of name, image, and likeness, with the help of Nike, is going to be able to bring in top five caliber classes. And that has always been step number one if you want to get to where Oregon wants to go, and that's competing at the highest level of the sport. I did think back, and we'll talk with Ari in a moment, but I loved his article last night because it reminded me of something that some people viewed controversial, which we laughed off. When Oregon lost the way they did to Georgia, Kirby Smart said after the game, like, Dan will never say it, I got better players than he does. He knows I got better players than he does because he helped me build this roster. He won a national championship last year as a defensive coordinator. He knew he was going to get his ass beat because that's how wide the gap is. And the fact that Lanning understood that, they still ended up having a good season. Bad taste in your mouth the way you lose to rivals. But winning the eight games in a row was a lot of fun. You got a chance for 10 coming up in a week. And to cap it off with signing one of the best classes, if not the best class in the history of the program, while addressing major needs on the defensive side of the football, it, it was a dream scenario for Oregon fan yesterday. And it's it's the step. Like this is if you want to get to that point where you're, you know, in the same conversation as the best teams, and maybe they can't even get there. But if you want to get there, you got to do this and then go do it again next year and then go do it again the year after that. It's going to take three or four of these kind of classes if you want to get into that mix. Yeah, you do this for three, four years in a row. I I mean I don't know where where every like the universal opinion of landing as a coach is at. I I think I you still incomplete grade after year one. Probably well, I, I still think you feel really encouraged. Like yeah. obviously there were some coaching mistakes made in moments, but you know what? He's still in his thirties, and that was his first year as a head coach. Yeah, you're one. If you do this for three four years, I mean, you just history kind of suggests you know what happens when you do that. I mean, just being honest with you, that's programs that do this on a multi year basis seemingly find themselves where some of the upper echelon teams in college football end up on a consistent basis. That's just the reality of the situation. Uh, There was this blurb in in Ari Wasserman's article, The Athletic, uh, because he basically was like, Oregon destroyed it today. And I thought this one was funny. The players earned that money as long as someone wants to pay them. (laughs) They performed in high school and are likely to perform in college. Here's another, another sobering thought. Everyone's doing it. Some might be better at it than others, but quit with the pearl clutching and play ball. Adapt or die. I love it, man. This no, I it, There is a funny aspect of whenever Oregon has success in recruiting, 
it immediately goes to the only reason they're having success is money, as if Oregon is the only program that is spending money. Would you rather it be Deep South money? Do you want it to be Texas oil money? Do you want it to be L.A. Hollywood money? The funniest fan base that got upset yesterday was USC fan acting as if they did not bribe Jordan Addison with $3 million to leave the pit roster last year. I mean, they stole Oklahoma's program. <laughs> they took their coach and Everybody is doing this. It's a ruthless world. And I, the, 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 the aspect of, well, when Oregon gets to commit, it's only money. It's hilarious to me. Of course, money plays a huge part in it. It plays a big part in it and everywhere. If Peyton Bowen signs with Notre Dame, are we thinking he's not getting a penny? But because he went to Oregon, he's getting money. I'm assuming he got a raise. If Mateo, if, I'm sure he did. Maybe he did. I'm, if Mateo Uyunglele signed with USC, would anybody say, well, they only got him because they paid for him? No, but he goes to Oregon and says, they only got him because they paid for him and disregard the fact that his father tweeted out well, that his, it was his I, childhood love. I think, uh, you know, I think a part of that, too, Dirt, is because as an Oregon State fan, like yesterday, I can acknowledge how successful that is. We can talk about like what that means. From the OSU side, I was more just like, damn. Winning those games at the end of the year is going to be goddamn hard, man. we got like, a good thing going, baby. We it's do. Not. We have a good thing going. We'll get to Oregon State stuff here in a minute. But the thing about Oregon that's unique, they have somebody to point to when they complain about it. Who do you point to for USC? Uh, that's true. It's a collective. Yeah. Who do you point to at Alabama? It's a collective. Who do you point to at Georgia? Collective. Ohio State? <laughs> collective. You don't have a figure in the forefront of a collective, the way Oregon is a rare. They're a one of one mm-hmm. at this point because T Boom Pickens, RIP, is no more. Yeah. Phil is one of one in college sports, the only outright billionaire at the forefront of helping build a program up. And because of that, you build animosity with other fan bases in other regions of the country, in your own conference. It's why guys like Matt Leinart tweet, money talks. Because they have, a, they have a tangible thing or person to point to. You can't do it with the others because you don't know who they are. You can't tell me who the biggest bo- donor or booster is for Georgia, Alabama, USC, Ohio State. Miami even. Some might know it. But most don't. Everybody knows Phil Knight. That's a fair point. And that's why Oregon, I think, gets most of the brunt reaction of, well, you paid. Yeah, yeah, know what? They probably did. I wish I had somebody like Phil Knight. Can we do the kickdown program the way he paid <laughs> Pat, Pat Casey? Can we do that with recruiting? Can he it. give Oregon State two recruits a year? A $3 million slush fund to go get a couple <laughs> yeah. of guys here or there in the transfer portal. That's what I was thinking yesterday. It's like, hey, help Oregon State out a little bit. Here. I, I, you yeah, I, it, I think you're, that's a good point. It's, it's one guy you can point to. I know we got to go. But I, the other aspect of it, I think, that rattles the cage is that Oregon is new money. You know, a lot of these other programs that are paying for guys, signing guys, like it is, it's deep, rich blood. You know, it is, it is programs that have been good for a hundred years. Foghorn, Leghorn. Yes. I do, I, I do declare. Alabama, Michigan, Notre Dame. Yeah. Like, look at the programs that Oregon stole recruits from yesterday. USC, Notre Dame, Oklahoma. Like, these are, these are blue bloods. And so I think you shake up the apple cart a little bit whenever you're the new one on the block. Matt Leinart, who was, who won a national championship and won a Heisman because he got to play with arguably the greatest player in the history of college football, tweeting that money 
talks when his college program literally was handing bags of cash to guys, and that is on record. They bought a house for Reggie Bush's family. They had to pay with sanctions. He had to give his Heisman Trophy back. Lendale White got like 250k whenever he wanted 250k. Like, do you look in the mirror when you send out a tweet like that? Money talks. It's sour grapes. Like, what are we doing here, dude? It's You're sour USC. Grapes. You paid three million dollars for Jordan Addison last year. Yep. You probably got paid an insane amount of money to go to USC when you were coming out of high school, and now we're looking at like Oregon's the only team that pays people. Get your panties out of a bunch and play some big boy football. Hell of a day yesterday for your Ducks down in Eugene. We got more on this coming up. Ari Wasserman at the bottom of the hour. Dirt and Sprague back with more. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Ari Wasserman of The Athletics is going to join us at the bottom of the hour. We'll spread the line at 8.30. We got Ken Barkley at 8. We still got to talk a little bit about Thursday Night Football. We got this YouTube announcement from the NFL. I'm quite pumped for that. Um, and so we'll get to all of this. We'll get to as much as we can. Maybe have fun at the end of the show. I don't know what we're going to be in for. But uh, I wanted to continue on the recruiting recap thing here. I thought this was a, <laughs> a funny tweet by college football Reddit, and they said CFB is ruined. All the best teams now are going to have the best players. Just imagine all the five-star recruits just going to a select few. Now we're going to have to have the same group of elite teams competing for the title every year. It's unthinkable. <laughs> and I just, yeah, to put it in perspective, that is right. I thought Wilner yeah. had a good tweet, though, and I wanted to get to this a little bit. Uh, he says, we interrupt the National Signing Day-related joy and panic across the Pac-12 footprint with two reminders, Utah, Oregon State. It is still about evaluating, developing, and fitting scheme to personnel. Utah had one of their better days yesterday. Utah had a really good signing day. Utah, uh, they they went and got themselves some players, and they also have probably the best coach in the conference. I think it's fair to say that at this point. Back-to-back conference championships. And Oregon State is not going to ever recruit to the level we saw in Eugene, but... What they did pull out of there was a good edge rusher out of Vegas and a couple skill position guys, and more importantly, maybe the future at their position they need the most, quarterback, yep. Aiden Childs. Aiden Childs made his commitment officially yesterday. He never wavered. It was always Oregon State. And he was asked yesterday after he signed his paperwork on his press conference 
uh, just about the Oregon State thing. Here's Aiden Child's new Beavers quarterback. Why is Oregon State the right place for you? Family. This is family, man. I love everybody over there, and they love me back, so family. He's kind of a quiet kid, but he gets right to the point. For him, it was always about family, being welcome in, not being asked to to be anybody he's not, and I'm, I'm excited to see what he has. Interesting development yesterday. Uh, DJ Uwe, Uwe Ungalele. Uwe, Uwe Ungalele. Uwe Ungalele. Uwe Ungalele. There, there you go. go. I got God, it. I'm going to keep saying that. Uh, it was announced his final three schools, reportedly, are down to Oregon State. Okay. Hawaii, the fighting Timmy Changs. They came on strong in their recruiting class. It'd be hilarious if he went to Hawaii. I'm actually, part of me is kind of pulling for Hawaii just for the randomness of that. It would hurt to lose to Hawaii in a recruiting battle, but I also wouldn't blame him. I've been there, so. But also, I mean, I I would hope Oregon State has another card up their sleeve. I think they're talking to mold. They're not just putting all their eggs in the DJ no, no, basket. No, 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 they're putting their eggs in a lot of baskets. I know yes. that for a fact. But they, you know, they would take the five-star quarterback who was number one in his class, and Oregon surprisingly was in the top three. I I don't know if that's about being with your brother. That was random. If that's being willing to sit for longer to make your career better. I don't know what that was. Maybe Oregon will somehow get him, but uh, those were reportedly the top three. So Oregon State seems like they're right there in the running, which would go back to the poll question yesterday. Make it really fun <laughs> to think of, like, hey, you could have DJ versus Mateo next year in the Civil War football game. You could, one, well, as we pointed out, too, you could also have it in the Hawaii game because Oregon's got Hawaii the next two years. So either Whether he goes to Hawaii or Oregon State, he's playing against Oregon likely uh, next year, and I don't imagine he's going to be around one year, uh, more than one year. The interesting part about it was the Oregon fit just, I don't know if that's a brother thing, unless he's willing to sit for a year, he ain't starting over Bo. No chance. I don't so, think he'd start the next year either because you got Nova Sad. Well, with recruits, I think we've all learned our lesson that Nothing is ever guaranteed. I know Oregon State fan is incredibly high on Childs and think he's going to be the real deal. I'll just tell you, as somebody who put a lot of hope and stock into the Ty Thompson basket, it's uh, sometimes you hit, sometimes you miss, right? Sometimes the guy ends up being good. Sometimes the guy is unplayable for two, three years, and you're like, eh, you know what? We need to move on and go find our next quarterback. So I don't I don't want Oregon to just act as if Novasad's going to be the next coming because there's no guarantee. You might get him on campus for a year, and he's not good. Uh, and he ends up transferring out after a year or two. It's always good to bring in the next guy to hope that he becomes that. But nothing is ever a guarantee. So if he is to go to Oregon, I don't think it's uh, out of the question that he would start the year after Bo, but he would have to sit for a year, and that's why that fit is interesting. I've maintained it. It's not a, you know, I'm not the only one with this opinion. If I'm a transfer quarterback, Oregon State's the first school that I'm looking at across the country. Uh, you're, in a, you're in a small college town. There's not a big spotlight on you. You just get to go play football in front of a passionate fan base with a good team, a new stadium. Uh, you're going to have a great opportunity with a with a kind of easy non-conference schedule to ease your way into the season next year. It is a perfect fit for any transfer quarterback. And if I were him, that's where I would go. If you want a little sunshine for a couple of months and just think, hey, I want to work on my game and then go to the NFL, maybe Hawaii's your answer. And if you're okay sitting for a year, I guess Oregon makes sense. But Oregon State has always been the most reasonable for DJ. Uh, Colorado, it shouldn't surprise anybody what they did yesterday. They were in the running, in the final running for Malachi Coleman, who is this amazing stud athlete out of Nebraska. But Matt Rule and company were able to keep him in-house. But they picked up, of course, not surprising, Shadur Sanders, the quarterback from Jackson State, <laughs> and Travis Hunter, yes. the number one player uh, a couple years back. Your official Pac-12 rankings from the recruiting class, the early signing day period. Okay, what do we got? Oregon 1, okay. USC 2, 
Utah three again. Utah had a great day yesterday. Yeah, they're more of a develop and kind of transfer portal school than uh, a recruiting school. So for them to finish that high was really good for them. Well, this is what I do with programs like Utah. Maybe I'll start doing this with Oregon State if they can keep this momentum going. Utah had six four stars. Yeah, they had fourteen three stars. Programs like Utah that can do what they do. You almost look at those three stars, and you're basically looking at them as four stars, and even some of those four stars, you kind of look at them Mm -hmm. as fives in terms of the way they may produce. Utah, three. Washington, four. They had a nice day, too. UCLA, five. Arizona, six. Chet Fish is putting together a nice program. Stanford, somehow, seven. (laughs) Don't know how. Oregon State, eight. Colorado, so far, nine. I'd imagine that to go up. Mm -hmm. Washington State, ten. Arizona State 11, and Cal in last. I saw a note yesterday that if you just counted the players that Oregon got commitments from yesterday, which was seven new recruits, their class, those seven kids is ranked higher than Cal's entire class. Yeah. Well, Cal's What is going on with Cal? (laughs) Things are not going in the right direction. They had an incredibly disappointing season. Their quarterback's back in the portal, fired an offensive coordinator. Uh, You joked with our show page yesterday with a listener, but you look back a year ago, to the debate that was having, taking place, I can't remember exactly when he was hired, but do you do you want to stay home? Do you want an Oregon guy to be your next head coach, mm. or do you want to go out and get somebody that's willing to play in the waters of modern college football? And uh, that it turned out pretty well for Oregon. I'll, I'll, t- I'll take landing over Wilcox. Did any Oregon alums write strongly worded letters about <laughs> revisiting the landing hire and whether that's if he's really an Oregon, if he's a man of Oregon, did we do that? or uh, did that, we, that letter has not been written yet. I'm are we sure. mad about the players coming in because they're not from Oregon yeah. or they don't represent what Oregon stands for? Yeah, they don't know the history of the program. Are we still doing that? I don't think we're doing that oh, anymore. Okay. I okay. think we moved on from that. Take. Oh, welcome to major yeah. college football. This yeah. is tends to be what happens to programs when they take a step. Uh, all right, Ari Wasserman basically wrote, you don't like what Oregon did, kick rocks. It's what college football is. We'll talk some Pac-12 recruiting with Ari Wasserman of The Athletic. Ken Barkley at 8. Dirt and Sprague back with more. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. In this wide world of sports, some stories can slip through the cracks. Now before we do this, let's go over the ground rules. Pelican Brewing presents The Daily Ticker, where Dirt and Sprague visit with the insiders that are covering the stories you've heard about. And some you haven't. How'd you do that? Actually, I'm not even mad. It's amazing. The Daily Ticker with Dirt and Sprague is brought to you by Pelican Brewing. Born at the Beach. All right, Daily Ticker Time here on a Thursday, brought to you on the fan by Pelican Brewing Company, born at the beach online at pelicanbrewing.com. Joining us now is a good friend of the show, Ari Wasserman of The Athletic. He's a national college football reporter. You can give him a follow on Twitter, at Ari Wasserman, and he had a piece last night on Dan Lanning and the Ducks, and boy, oh boy, did it get a lot of folks fired up. One of the quote tweets I just saw in his timeline that made me laugh, somebody saw the article and quote tweet, it said, Oregon has done more to destroy the fabric of college football culture than any other program, and it's not even close. You can guess which program that guy roots for. He Notre Dame, USC, which program? Uh, happens to be a Washington fan. Oh, because Washington out. and Don James never paid for players back in the <laughs> 1990s. It never happened. Uh, Ari, good morning to you, man. I, you know, hey, as a, as a Duck alum, reading your piece, you know, I was 
I was like Dan Lanning smoking a cigar. I was feeling great reading it last night. Uh, what did you make of Oregon and just, you know, how they're kind of r- rattling the, the, the cage of modern college football yesterday? Yeah, you know, uh, that's kind of the existence I have as a, as a sports writer who writes a lot of columns is that one fan, one fan base loves me and then the rest hate me. <laughs> you know, like that's how it works. And then we go around the merry-go-round, you know. Um, and I was the guy that Oregon fans hated a few months ago when I said before they lost the last two games of the year that they weren't going to make the playoff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the thing that I find most interesting about Oregon is we are, what, four months removed from their Georgia game? And you have a Georgia person who came through the Kirby Smart pipeline who probably ran onto the field that day before that game started knowing damn well what was going to happen because – there is a certain level of talent that is required in college football to compete with teams like Georgia. And yes, upsets happen, but you need that baseline talent to not only beat them on a one-off, but to win three games in a row, whether it be a Pac-12 championship, a semifinal, or a national title, in, or another, in, in order to win it all. So you have a coach who has a keen understanding of what it absolutely needs to look like uh, if you're going to get to the place that the people want to go. And their recruiting class this year doesn't quite reflect what an Alabama or a Georgia is signing. But the way they went about their business on signing day on Wednesday was very reminiscent of what you would expect from a team like Alabama and Georgia to do on a signing day. That's to pillage other rosters or potential rosters to get five-star talent into the fold and replace people that left. And I thought they did a very good job. Now, as you can imagine, all my mentions were about how, you know, Phil might and Nike money and, you know, all that stuff. I'm sure that NIL played a factor in this um, because that's the new world of college football that we live in. Unfortunately, it's not public information. So all we can do is speculate. But I think everybody can acknowledge that at least it played a role. And if you're complaining about that playing a role, then you're not built for this new world of college football. You either figure it out and win or you don't figure it out and you lose. And you can tweet and you can complain. You can say things like the tweet that you did just read off at the beginning of the show and say, you know, this isn't right. They're, they're ruining college. Whatever you want to do, that's loser talk. Um, winners uh, figure it out. And, you know, so far with what, what I've seen from Dan Lanning, I, I think that he has a, a keen understanding uh, of what it takes. And this is what it takes. Now, can they do it again next year? Can they do it again the year after that? Um, can they keep going? You know, that's always the thing. Like everybody wants to compare them to A&M and A&M had a very bad year this year after signing 18 top 100 players. But, you know, you don't win a national championship in a year and you don't lose it in a year. You, you got to keep going, you know, and, and that's the thing that I'm most excited about. But if you're an Oregon fan, you got to love the path they're on. Yeah. Well, or, uh, Ari, you say, you know, we'll, we'll see if they can keep it going. And I, I, I agree with that. But I think Duck fan is still sitting here and as great as yesterday was like, Tomorrow might be an even bigger day. There's a defensive lineman, David Hicks, who I guess was an A&M commit, and now people are wondering if he's going to flip. But I guess Oregon's got a lot of smoke with that name. Have you heard anything about him and where he might be leaning and just what that would do of just putting – I don't even know if you want to call it a cherry because he's like one of the best eight players in his recruiting class at defensive line. Add that with Mateo and, boy, Dan Landing cleaning house on the defensive end. Have you heard anything about David Hicks? Yeah, I mean, all the same stuff that everyone else is speculating about. You know, and I was looking at his Instagram yesterday and saw he was tweeting stuff about Oregon, but he or posting stuff about Oregon, but he's also posting stuff about other programs. You know, when, mm-hmm. when recruits get to this 
this time in their recruitments when they write about the sign, they just kind of go dark, you know? So, you know, all we have left is speculation and that's kind of the fun of signing day where you get to, you know, think and hope and dream. And, you know, when they finally, you know, sit down in front of a table with cameras and hats on the table, you get to really find out exactly what you've been wondering about. Yeah. But, you know, Oregon just, Oregon just got three t- top five-star players in the same day, you know, like, and I don't know what, what's going on with Peyton Bowen right now. He hasn't signed his letter of intent yet. But if they get David Hicks and Bowen signs, you've got four or five-star prospects in a single class, and there's only two other programs in college football that did that. That was Texas with four and Alabama with six. You know, even Georgia and Ohio State right now are only sitting there with one. Yeah. You know, and yeah. when you when you think about, you know, roster construction, you have to have top 100 players from top to bottom everywhere you look. Um, but having the top-end five-star talent – certainly makes a difference when it's third and three in the fourth quarter and you're in the tie game and you have a defensive end who can make a sack and change that game. Like one player can really change a difference. Yeah. We're talking with Ari. I don't know what that was. Was that our, it was our system? I don't know what that was. It was a weird noise. Uh, Ari Wasserman is our guest at the athletic. We're talking uh, at Ari Wasserman on Twitter. He had a great piece yesterday on Oregon and the recruiting class and, and what they're bringing to the table. You, you mentioned, you know, you don't win a championship. You don't lose a championship in one year. And I think it's a good perspective. Like for Oregon fan, I think they're hoping, you know, you kind of were building this a little bit with Mario and he was recruiting at a high level, but there were questions about the in-game coaching. He ends up bouncing. And it's like, all right, now you got to kind of start from scratch. Well, here you go. Year one, this is a class you bring in with, with landing and you're off to a good start what does history tell us and i don't know if there's a specific number of kids or years or anything like that but what what does the history tell us about how elite you have to be as a recruiter to really truly enter those conversations are we looking at two classes three classes five classes like is, is there a, is there a background there of numbers that you look to and say hey if you could do x for x amount of years you feel like you have the chance to compete at the highest level yeah well i mean i think this year's alabama's team alabama team i think like 61 of the 85 scholarship players that they had were like high-end four-star prospects and they didn't make the playoff mm. so like if that gives you an idea of like how deep you have to be now they play in a conference where their their worst team in their conference isn't arizona it's mississippi state the 19th most talented team in the country um but you know it's just the perspective of what do you have to do in order to uh you know not only win one game, but win three games against monsters. And I think that it's probably a three or a four year build. Now you also have to have an outstanding quarterback too, because if you look around in in the country right now, the the four teams that are (laughs) alive have pretty good ones. Um, And, you know, here's the stat that I I live by because people love to say stars don't matter. They love to tweet at me when a team that went, that's really good loses to a team with less stars. And I get that, you know, it's college football upsets happen, but here's the stat. Only three teams since the beginning of the rankings era in the year 2000 have won a national championship without having signed a top five class at least once in the previous four years. Those two teams, or those three teams were Cam Newton's Auburn, who had the maybe the greatest college player of all time playing quarterback, and two Clemson teams with Deshaun Watson and Trevor Lawrence. All three of those teams signed multiple top ten classes in the previous four years. So, you know, you can talk about what you want to talk about in terms of individual games and, you know, Oregon beating Ohio State on the road last year or Ohio State losing to, you know, to, uh, Michigan this year or the Auburn teams that have beaten Alabama or the Ole Miss teams. I mean, upsets happened. But it's stone car cold hard fact that your team has to be built in a specific way in order to win a national championship. And Auburn's ex- happened in an era where you didn't have to have a path that's nearly as hard as it is now. Yeah. You make it and you have a one-off game. There was no conference. Was there a conference championship back then? I think there was. But 
Um, it's just the path now, conference championship, semifinal championship against three very good teams is a very hard thing to do. Um, and, you know, the thing that I think is best about what Oregon did, even more so than the five-star prospects, was they lose Dante Moore two days before the early signing period, and they go and they flip a dude who's been committed to, to Baylor and also Novosad for over a year. Baylor withstood, you know, flirtations with Novosad, with Texas A&M, Notre Dame, and Ohio State. They just go ruthlessly rip that guy away from him with two days to go. You know, like, it's not so much about the numbers and how they compare, because I think Mario actually signed a few better classes than this one. It's the ruthlessness and how they were able to execute that at the final hour that makes me feel like the SEC has reached the West Coast because you got an SEC person who's running the show. Uh, Ari, I got to ask you, do you have a prediction or feeling of where you think DJ Ui Ungalale is going to commit? Because I think I saw a report that it might be Oregon, Oregon State, and Hawaii are his top three. Do you have any kind of prediction or feel on that one? I saw crystal balls for Hawaii, which I thought was interesting. That's not what I thought was going to happen. You know, I don't know. I would would have been really surprised if it ends up being Hawaii, Um, you know, but – I thought it would be a power five team for sure, but I, I actually have no clue where that guy's going. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that there were some rumors about him being potentially a package deal with his younger brother. Um, you know, that obviously plays a pretty good role for, for what, you know, Oregon fans are hoping for, but you know, I'm, I'm not 100% sure. And the fact of the matter is that Bo Nix is coming back. So I'm not necessarily sure why he would pick Oregon to begin with. Yeah. All right, Wasserman, great stuff. And fitting during that interview, too, that uh, we got another duck emoji tweet from Dan Landing in the last three minutes. Uh, so there's, there's another one right there. So another duck emoji. Go check out his piece on Landing and the way they finish on signing day at The Athletic. He's a national college football reporter for The Athletic at Ari Wasserman on Twitter. Thanks for the time, the insight, great piece. And hopefully we can do this again soon, man. All right, man. No problem. There you go. Ari Wasserman. Good stuff. Do we know what that computer sound was? Did you uh, hear that? Did I hear uh, that? Yeah, that, that okay. sounded like our computer maybe over okay. the airwaves. Has that ever sure. happened before? Do we know? Okay. I don't know. It might have been. I thought it was my I, headphones. I was like, are my headphones short nah, now? I think like, it's just us. It okay. might be just our We just got to get here. the new phones in. That's McGinley's on vacation right now. Oh, it's now. all good. Yeah, I was just curious. Yeah. I was like, am I having a seizure right now? I, I just no, heard I that in my headphones, and I wanted to make sure I wasn't the only one. Well, it's usually your laptop making the sound. It so. usually, that's what I thought. It's like, is it me? Am I doing something? I feel like I didn't press anything. So there you go. Great stuff from Wasserman. Yeah, we did, uh, Lanning did just tweet three minutes ago that uh, <laughs> another duck emoji. So well, I don't know who they got. I don't know who it is, but. Uh, ju- I don't want to ruin this kid. There's, uh, I think he got a. Well, he does. He only does it for kids he sign, right? Yes, usually. Because I think Dickie's little brother committed about four hours ago. Okay, maybe that's what it was. He's committed to Oregon right now, but that dude's a tank. Have you seen pictures of him? Well, he's a JUCO D lineman, so he's actually been able to play. So maybe that's what it is, or maybe the David Hicks thing has some has some legs to it. Maybe. But, you know, I don't. Know, maybe Peyton Bowen finally sent in his paperwork. That's the only one you're kind of worrying about right now. But uh, good stuff from Wasserman. Let's move on from recruiting. I'm going to talk uh, some Thursday night football. Uh, we will go to Ken Barkley at the top of the hour. Spraying the line at 8:30. It's our last show of the year. So get those sponsors in 503-250-1080. I want to get a carve out a little bit of time for Oregon and North Carolina too, because we're not going to be around next week to talk about that bowl game. So get you guys' thoughts on that and some of the other bowl games we'll be missing. College football playoff. We're going to see if we can fit it all in. We're back after this on the fan. All right, welcome back in. 7.50, Ken Barkley coming up top of the hour. Yeah, it's crazy when you think about the amount of things we're going to miss next week while we're out. Are we are we driving up to a and putting a massive parlay on uh, Georgia and Michigan to cover? 
Because I'm feeling really good about both those. Yeah, I feel good about Michigan. I'm really. I don't know what to expect in that. Uh, Why is Georgia only a six point favorite against the Buckeyes? Who I got think it's just molly whopped yeah, against Michigan. Uh, a respect I, to Ohio State thing. The talent on the roster, CJ Stroud. Yeah, I don't know about a massive. I do want to lay a parlay bet on those two, though. I just, yeah, I mean, those two lines. So Georgia is, yeah, six and a half. I'm just looking on ESPN. So it might be different somewhere else. Michigan's a seven and a half points uh, favorite. Like, how many? I was thinking about this the other day. I don't know what to expect from TCU, though. That, that, well, but even a close game for TCU still feels like a Michigan win, doesn't it? <laughs> Am I wrong on that? Or I just, I would be shocked if Ohio State or TCU win a semifinal. I'd be shocked if Ohio State. Wins. I would be too. Yeah. yeah, you wouldn't be shocked I, if TCU beat Michigan, really. I would be surprised. I don't. I wouldn't be totally shocked. I mean, they have. They TCU have a, does a lesser version of what Ohio State does, though, and that did not bother Michigan. Right, their passing attack is not. You wouldn't put it on the level of Ohio State, I would imagine, with the targets they have at Ohio State, the quarterback. And I that didn't matter think at all. TCU's. I mean, the 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 only goofy part is, I mean, you have the better part of a month to come up with one game plan, and I would I would give TCU more. I don't know credit for coming up with unique things, stuff that they hadn't done all year to try and throw Michigan off, rather than Ohio State. We're Ohio State. We're doing what we doing, sort of thing. Sure. Um, I just I hope we get good games. We do. We don't have a great track record of getting entertaining semifinals. No, no. I mean the only I mean the only one that really stands out to me is Georgia Oklahoma. Outside of that, I mean, how many other games have even been close? In the semis, we've In had a semis. lot of blowouts. You had the shocking Ohio State over Bama. But that In was a year blowout one, their way. But it was a blowout. Oregon beat Florida State. That was the highest rated game ever, and that, that was, was a blowout. Ended up being a blowout yeah. in, the, in the second half. I just not a lot of them. The, the Georgia Clemson, or excuse me, Georgia Ohio State Clemson played a good one a couple years ago. Now that I just said Ohio State, they, they I remember that one. It was Trevor Lawrence versus Justin Fields. Clemson won in year one, and then they went back and played again. And, and Ohio, Ohio State, State won ended up pulling year. away from them in that game eventually. They might have been the second one, but the first one I remember it was super controversial. And Fields threw a pick late. Clemson ended up winning that game. That was a team that lost to LSU in the, in the national title. Uh, so I, yeah, I guess, there's been a couple. I just I don't know if we're gonna get I, it this year. I'm just I'm kind of anti Ryan Day Ohio State. I've always hated Ohio State. Ryan Day's comments in his interview of was like, yeah, you know, we lost that Michigan game, and you're just. You can't believe your season's over. I, that just really bothers me. People <laughs> complain about college football because the playoff is only four teams or it's the same teams or there's not an importance put on all the bowl games. And I've always said, like, well, it's because the playoff exists. Why would I care about a bowl game? Most people will forget about if it's not the game of games. And the game doesn't include your team. And that culture stems from coaches. Like, if the if one of the top coaches in the country is saying, oh, my season's done. Yeah. Even though I might have a Rose Bowl in front of me that's not a playoff game, why should I care? He doesn't care, and he's in it. He called it a disappointing year last year, and they won the Rose Bowl. <laughs> he said it was a disappointing season. I, yeah. So you're telling me the Rose Bowl doesn't matter anymore. That's your opinion as a coach because yeah. it used to be a benchmark. I think. I mean, Georgia's probably just going to win the whole thing here. Yeah. But uh, I tend to believe, yeah, Georgia-Michigan national championship game, and we come back on that Tuesday, and we're going to be getting ready for Georgia-Michigan because it'll be the 10th. What day's the national title this year? The 11th? Uh, Monday the 9th, Monday I believe. The 9th. So it's the following week's Monday. Yeah. We'll, we'll have playoff games. Games to discuss and whatnot. Are we excited for Thursday Night Football tonight? Because I know I am. I don't know if it's
besides my weird love affair with Jacksonville that exists, and I am pro-Jag, I don't know if it's the enjoyment of watching Zach Wilson kind of struggle. He is starting again tonight. The Jets are a slight favorite at home. I don't know if that has to do with the defense or the way they can run the football, the well, weather. Well, the weather's got something to do with it, too. Because so. the Jets, I would say, are probably the better rushing offense. So Maybe you think, hey, they can yeah. run the ball in these conditions. Well, it's also a Florida team. We talked about this with Miami and Buffalo. We're not talking about this with Jacksonville, are we? Well, it's not super cold, at least. Uh, no, it's it's going to be in the low 40s, but 25-mile-an-hour yeah. winds and expecting one to two inches of rain. Hold on, hold on. You're not wrong, but Miami was reportedly putting heaters under bleachers or their benches when it was 55. Now it's in the well, low 40s, and I'm just soft. supposed to dismiss a Florida team playing in that. Like that, that, that matters to a team from Florida. Reminds me of when I the Oregon UCLA game this year. It was I don't know 40 something degrees, not that chilly, 50 maybe. You know, not cold. I was walking around in pants and like a light fleece, and UCLA had heaters all over their sideline. It's like when Arizona all State comes to Corvallis, they just don't <laughs> want to play the game. End of the year, you get one of those 7:30 games. It's 38 degrees and a drizzle. Like just send me back to Tempe, please, dude. It, this cold front hitting the country is wild. It is all over the place. Yeah, the did Midwest you, is brutal. Did There's, you see the videos in Wyoming yesterday? No, what's going on there in was Wyoming? A, there Yellowstone. was a, a patrol officer just parked, you know, probably trying to watch the scene. He had his camera on and it was through the windshield. You couldn't see anything. It was just blowing yeah. massive amounts Wind of snow. Wind chills like Holy minus hell. 20, minus 30 in Montana <laughs> and Wyoming. One of our listeners, Aaron, is in Nebraska. They're supposed to be at like minus 14 or minus 8 or something. Jesus. You should check on your family, man. It's going to be wildly yep. cold. That is gnarly. Yeah, I walked. I took the dog for a walk last night and was thinking, like, my face is going to freeze. And then I got back, in, back inside, checked the temp. It was like 22 or whatever degrees. And then I saw some of those tweets and weather forecasts from across the country. I'm like, oh, it's only 40 degrees colder here or there than it is here right now. And I was thinking this is the coldest it's been in a long time. Turns out it's warm here. Turns out this is a nice bomb. We are the new San Diego after all. Is that the lesson? So uh, there you go. we got weather and Thursday night football, and uh, we will not be here next week to talk about the college football playoff, but excited for it nonetheless, and I do think we get a couple of blowouts. Uh, we got a lot to get to in the final hour. Spreading the line coming up at 830. Get your fake sponsors in 503-250-1080. Talk a little bit about the Holiday Bowl since we'll be out next week, so we'll get uh, some thoughts on that. Ken Barkley kicks off the final hour as well. It is loaded. Don't go anywhere. Dirt and Sprague on 1080 The Fan. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.